This episode of the podcast is brought to you by HardcoreHusky.com, covering Washington Huskies football with message boards full of debauchery and childlike wonder. Folks who are well-known in cyberland and not that dumb, except for our little fudgy who is wrong about everything. So come join the gang and register today for free at HardcoreHusky.com. And now it's time for the show. Another one. Be the best. I'm out. I, you know, with Hitler, the more I learn about that guy, the more I don't care for him. Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a color man. You know how I always make those interesting comments during the game? Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. The weather is perfect, the field is fast at the Rose Bowl for tonight's ball game. Well, gentlemen, uh, Arizona State 45, Washington 38. Uh, the backup quarterback for Arizona State, who is a walk-on, uh, he was something like 18 of 24 for... 230 and three touchdowns, something like that. Um, Huskies down four and two, and uh, I have to say that that looked like and it felt like a game that we used to have during the Sark years. And uh, what, what do you guys, what, what's going through your, your noggins uh, today after the uh, lost Arizona State yesterday? I'll let Kelly go first. Oh, great. I just took a bite of food. <laughs> you missed your spot. Um, yeah, yeah, I would ask Mike like, Damone, uh, but he's not here. <laughs> he was a no show. Uh, gave, so. gave him the wrong wrong Seven Eleven. <laughs> but go um, ahead. Yeah, it, that, it feels like uh, feels like the worst four and two ever. You know, uh, we're. Uh, I'll speak. I'll just speak for myself. It. it I. I. Uh, you know, I set my standards. I set my standards way too high after four zero. You know, and and uh, there was much more. Well, I don't know about much more, but there was other. You know, there was other people that you know you can call them more negative that were trying to say like you know hey. You know, pull it back a little bit, you know, but uh, it was hard not to get pretty stoked after 4-0. And and the UCLA loss doesn't feel – it doesn't feel quite as bad uh, knowing that they – it really wasn't that close against Utah. But to have, uh, you know, Bourgeois or whatever, the, whatever his last <laughs> name is, you know, some – some five five eleven nothing quarterback come in, you know, and looks like uh, the you know the leading candidate for the Davy O'Brien Award, you know, and have no pressure on him, and it's just it's just a, a frustrating, um, you know, this the the defense just looks out of sorts, unprepared, doesn't tackle. Um, 
You don't see anybody out there like just on fire, pissed off. You know. I think Car- Carson Bruner. Can we play him more? It, it just seems like you know he'll make a big he'll make a bigger play. You know. Um, I don't know. We well, can go into that a little that more might... in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Willie Doog. You've taken yeah. your testosterone treatments, you said yesterday, so. <laughs> They're kicking in. My voice is That's deepening. That's just a joke, guys. Uh, the, rage, the rage is building inside of me, you know. Uh, yeah, I thought the, the start, that felt like a start game uh, comparison is pretty good. I mean, again, I mean, at ASU has always been, every Husky fan is now a cliche, but it's just, it's always been a nightmare. Uh, you can add knocking out the starter who was like seven of nine for like 85 yards or something already pretty crazy. Knocking him out, you're like, oh, they only have a walk-on as a backup. And you're like, there's no way you could lose this game. And you're like, oh, not only are they going to lose it, they're going to lose it like uh, just getting sliced and diced through the air. Yeah, it felt like a start game where it just felt super winnable and it was just like, you don't know how they're not going to win that game, and they did it, and the team just looked sloppy, uh, and they just looked totally, I mean, I'm both as much as people are giving me shit because I've been complaining about Penix now and uh, the offense, but bad as the defense is, I just I thought the offense was going to be a lot better than this, and, you know, they're not getting any help with, you know, momentum plays and turnovers and stuff like that, but the offense just doesn't look scary to me. I can't remember the last time it felt like they hit a big play, uh, you know, through the passing game. And, you know, Penix didn't throw a single passing touchdown. Uh, it felt like they kind of went to running out of desperation, but then they got behind. So then that wouldn't really do anything. So I don't know. That, that, that was not a very clear statement other than just utter frustration of – Losing to that team with their backup walk-on quarterback—that—that that needs to be the big thing. The big focus is the backup walk-on. Yeah, and I would say this too, and hopefully I can articulate this well. To me, it'd be like I would feel a little bit more hopeful if the defense was playing like absolute shit, but the offense was still firing on all cylinders. And yeah, and yet yesterday it's like Penix would drop back. It would either be an intermediate or a long pass, and I would just automatically go, oh, "We're not going to complete this." And it's, it's like, it's like the shock of being abused by UCLA kind of seemed to resonate throughout the entire roster, and it's like everybody's almost everybody's devoid of confidence. Very, I don't. It was very tough to find a husky out there just from like body language of somebody that was just like ready to take the. What do we got going on here? <laughs> uh, that's my There's fucking really... dog. Uh, my fucking dog has a squeaky toy. Continue. Oh, okay. Um. So, uh, what the heck was I saying? Uh, oh, so like you know, like Richard Newton came in, be, you know, briefly before the concussion, um, but he had four carries for forty-two yards. But he was out there and was just like just giving it everything he had, and it's like you didn't see that from everybody. And it's just, I, I guess it's just. Um, I'll tie this in with something else. There was somebody that I don't remember who it was, but somebody on the on the in the game thread posted this, 
uh, and I didn't hear about it, but they said that after the UCLA game, one of the Husky players said that there were multiple Husky players crying in the locker room. Now, if the Huskies had lost by a last-second field goal to lose the Rose Bowl and there were players crying in the locker room, I, uh, no problem. But you yeah. lost a game to UCLA where you weren't even really trying. Uh, you weren't giving it everything you had, like your life depended on it. And then we got multi, you know, a handful of players in there crying. Um, and I hate to sound like a caveman or whatever, but it's like, that's a problem. And I don't know if everybody needs to go car- carnivore diet or, <laughs> or, you know, or take the Wooly Doog uh, testosterone treatment plan or what, but something, that's, something's not good there. Something's not right there. Um, too, too much, too many, like, out-of-control, emotional, you know, like Don James used to, he told some wide receiver when he scored a touchdown and was doing all sorts of crazy dance and everything, and he just said, act like you've been there before, and I've always thought of that line. And so some listeners might be hearing me and going, oh, come on, you're nitpicking on something, Let's, you know. But, but I, I do think it's kind of tied in that there's an emotional aspect to the team. It's just not uh, – it, it, it's troublesome. So do you guys agree, disagree? What do you think? Yeah, I, agree. I was going to say – I was going to say one thing. Uh, it's a kind of – it's a Duke thing, but it's something that does – it has to play a factor. I mean, it's the second – you know, you come off those – that, you know, high of that home start and those big wins that turned out to be nothing. Uh, but then you play two games in a row in empty stadiums. It's just a weird I, – I, I think that can go with the emotions part. I mean, uh, uh, I, I haven't played – I mean, they ha, they ha, it's a little strange uh, – yeah, I think that, but I do think they're – I think that's also part of figuring out how to be, you know, a better winning team is you got to figure out how to how to lose and how to bounce back and how to manage, you know, success. And I, I don't think a lot of these guys didn't play on good teams. They probably got to start learning that, you know, that, you know, uh, they certainly didn't feel like they, they – they, cried and took a hard loss to UCLA and then turned around and were like, okay, we're going to kick someone's ass now. So I, don't, I think that goes to your point that something's off. Uh, they certainly didn't seem to bounce, uh, bounce back in the way you would want them to if that was the emotional reaction they had. Well, and one thing I'll also bring up in regards to uh, – um, I try to limit my Don James comments to one or two per pod, but um, – <laughs> so, you know, uh, but – the one thing about when he was coaching, it's like if the Huskies suffered a really tough loss or an embarrassing loss, that almost always the next week they came out like they wanted to murder somebody and they'd play some of their yeah. best games of the season. And you saw that over and over and over and over and over. And, um, you know, and then we come out and it's like, uh, I don't remember who, again, who said this on the game thread, but they were in the game thread, but they were right. It was like the, the uh, defense is out there playing patty cake and, uh, I don't know. We did try to blitz a little bit more as the game progressed to our credit, but we're still, you know, receivers running free in our secondary and um, the the lack of awareness by some of the players in terms of what's going on around them was just astonishing at times. So, uh, you know, I'm almost on, you know, a couple, three weeks ago, I was like, you can't just go firing brand new coordinators or whatever. Now I'm almost like, we got to get rid of the defensive coaches and start over. I'm almost there, you know. So, Well, hey, look at what, uh, look at what Ryan Day did to his uh, defensive coordinator after the Oregon game last year. 
I mean, he fucking, he fucking was done. He was done because it was so embarrassing. You know, he, I don't know if he, I don't know if he just demoted or he fired the guy. I can't remember if he was yeah, fired or remembered. demoted. But, but he was, he was but I remember going, oh, wow. Game. He was, yeah, remember, uh, remember Leach, Leach did that two or three times. Like they would have, uh, they had a game where there was like three or four special teams blunders. And then the guy was literally like fucking fired by Sunday morning. Like he just ran him off. Like you, you just can't, you know, you got to put your big boy pants on and, and do something, do something quickly. If you're, if you're the boner, cause, um, I don't know. I don't know if Wooly dude, I don't know if Wooly dude wants to get into it or, you know, he can, he can put, you know, he's got some kind of info on morale. He can put on the WAM or, or the Volga here. Pretty big monster. Is this from, from your from your Twitter guy? Twitter <laughs> yeah, guy. yeah, we'll source it to Twitter guy. No, I had just heard a very uh, Twitter guy, uh, a very quick comment once that Morel is a disaster and can't get plays in on time, and it the well, that we've seen, yeah. Yeah, uh, and yeah, I mean, it, to me, it's just obvious, you know. It was kind of like the John Donovan and Bob Gregory promotion hire quietly when it was, oh, he's just bringing Fresno State guy defensive guys to Washington, and it was definitely like a uh, moment. And I think it's pretty clear now that that's uh, that's a true. The 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 wariness of that is was deserved because. I don't think they can get the job done. I mean, it's one thing, too, if you're saying, you know, okay, UCLA looks pretty good. They played really well. Uh, all right, you're on the road, you know, short week, fine. This was just embarrassing uh, to where – and they don't look like they're just getting beat by guys. They're getting beat by guys, and they're not making the simple plays. Uh, it just looks – it just looks – completely sloppy compared to, you know, even a not very good team like Arizona State on defense. I mean, just, they, they, yeah. look, they look confused and unprepared all of a sudden the last two games. They look like they – and I, I can't I can't get in their heads or anything, but, you know, I, I never understood uh, – I never understood, you know, the whole, like, Oh, we're playing, you know, at our home field and we're more comfortable. Like, for me, I feel like it would be way better to kick somebody's ass on their, you know, on their field, you know, and pants, pants them and embarrass them, you know. Kind of kind of like that uh, 2013 Oregon State game. <laughs> or like, uh, like Hoffman always says, he says uh, nothing better in football than putting on the black hat and going into the other guy's backyard. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't, uh, I don't understand this whole like, oh, we can't play well on the road. Like, you, you tell that, yeah, tell that to the, uh, tell that to the Mariners, you know, who probably had probably had no business winning that series and definitely that game yesterday. And, you know, if anybody's crying, it should be the Blue Jays, you know, something yeah. like that. Season's you over know. just like that, yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and that that that's secondary. Like, guys are open, and and when they it seems like when they catch it, 
there's just no like there's no urgency to get to the guy who who caught it. I, I it's just like yeah, yeah. It's just it's starting to look easy. It's it's starting to look easy. I I, I don't uh, like a seven on seven uh, drill or something. Yeah, and can somebody can somebody name me a big play Dom Hampton's done? He had that I hate to sour on my man. <laughs> uh, winner, winner, yeah, chicken right. dinner. Right. He's my. Uh, I mean, he's my number one culprit, which I think goes back to kind of when I was worried against Michigan State, and I think there's some against Stanford where uh, the defensive back never seemed to turn around like ever. <laughs> like they mm-hmm. never know where the ball no. is. It's just like. To the point, it's like I feel like at those games, like Michigan State and Stanford, like I was like screaming for three seconds, turn around, and the guy's still not turning around. And I'm like, well, they're they're gonna, they don't figure out how to do that. That's gonna really cost them in you know tight games that matter. And it has. I mean, I don't think that. Yeah, it just seems like the DBs have no awareness of where the ball is and what's going on. And they're certainly now not gonna get. Well, I can't remember. I think it was Sark. And then when Peterson teams melted down. We're back to the thing of, like, how many quarters has it been since they got a sack? Since they got a sack. Now it's, like, uh, I don't – did they get one against UCLA garbage time or something? I don't think they've gotten a sack since, since oh, Stanford. I think, Martin, I think Martin had one last week. Yeah, and wasn't it like he, a, and then he uh, And then he's disappeared for, like, two weeks. Yeah. I mean, I guess they got that interception, but, I mean – as an interception, that was about as, like, least not a super valuable one. It was, like, third down. It was downfield. They were going to punt anyways. Uh, don't get me wrong. It was cer- certainly good. But, like, yeah, they're in the last, what, like, eight quarters now, they have, like, half a sack and one interception, like, on a third down jump ball, which, you know, I might take a jump ball deep down interception. Then how many times did Penix just throw the ball completely out of play? And I don't think it was intentional. I don't know if it was even intentional where it was just like he went downfield and he just missed the guy so bad that, like, it was just 10 yards out of bounds, it felt like. He had a five, yeah. 5.9 5. 9, uh, yards per attempt yesterday. It I felt mean, like more than not that. A, but not it, great. <laughs> not yeah, great. Not great at all. But, and against you know, that the, uh, defense, the running game, the running game wasn't uh, the running game wasn't bad. It's just the uh, it's just the open lanes and open holes that the running backs completely miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think really I think like one of the plays of the game was when Talapapa just fucking fell on his yep. face on that third down and, and he had he had like a half a yard and you're going you're going, Are you fucking kidding me? And then the next play, which arguably could have been the play of the game, was and my and my buddy on uh our tech thread, my friend my friend Michael pointed out, he said the the only play they run under center is that end around and it was like the most predictable <laughs> play. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the in the round or take a knee. That's 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 all they do in their center or or a sneak, you know. But uh, yeah. So it was like, like a we predictable texted. play. 
we we ran that sneak that got absolutely obliterated, and it's like I, I I'm pretty sure it was you guys I was texting too, where it's like Luciano snaps the ball and it just kind of leans down and falls down. <laughs> was, yeah, like, well, like, what is? It? Yeah, but but even the uh, it, you know, it's the it's the jet sweep, but they ran it to the short side of the field, and yes. you know. McMillan had, you know, basically the out of bounds line, the extra defender. And you're you're like you're like short field, you know, in the short field in the NFL is like totally different, you know, than short side of the field in, in college, you know, where where the hashes are spread apart. So I mean you're he's like completely out of room. Like like right Plus after he gets the about- off, he's out of room. If we're thinking about the same play, though, wasn't it? He also turned into the sideline, right? Yeah, he he could have he could have cut up, but I mean that play was kind of uh, I don't know that play was kind of bungled, you know, right from the get go. It was there was just yeah. no room to run that. There was just no room to run that sweep, you know, to the short side of the field there, and you know, call a call a play action rollout, you know, where, you know, Penix is rolling out to the, to the long side of the field. I, I don't know. It, it, I mean, of course, if that play works and, you know, great grubs a genius, but I, I just, I just think you're playing with fire running it to the short side of the field. And, and uh, of course it was kind of a, it was kind of a statement to uh, his defense, you know, to Boner saying, I I don't believe you guys can stop anybody right now. Correct. And it was early in the game. I mean, it was early in the game. He has no he has no faith in his defense. I I, I I'd be uh, I'd be concerned if I were the you know if I were the defensive coordinators and Arizona puts up forty or fifty points. You know, I'd be I'd be worried about getting my walking per- papers. Well, I mean, I see some posts on the boards about people assuming that there's – some people are assuming he's got his group of buddies. De- DeBoer has his group of buddies. He's not letting him go. Others are saying he's a competitor, and there's no way he's going to let this stand, and he's going to fire half the staff and uh, or whatever. And um, I think that's just an unknown quantity right now. We just don't know, you know. Um, yeah. You know, well, and it's it like I was thinking to my the- – it, it could be the whole like, oh, they're co-defensive coordinators. So it's like, who really is calling the plays? Is the, do the players know who like, who like the one guy is that's actually getting the plays in, or is there confusion and some uh, some miscommunication between all that? Like, I, I don't, I don't understand the co thing. You know? Yeah, I've Just never have liked one them, guy. Either. Just have one guy. One guy. Yeah, I felt like uh, the defense has got progressively worse every year since they started the co-defensive coordinator with uh, Kwiatkowski <laughs> and Lake, and now Lake. we're still on that tra- trajectory of co-defensive right. coordinators where it just seems like, yeah, it's like a weird thing. It's kind of like having, like, two bosses where you're, like, it just cre- it creates a situation that seems like it could really easily cause confusion, and they appear to be confused. Uh I also with the play calling it's also been I feel like in short yardage and goal line they have like as they're saying like call play action I feel like they haven't done play action like once. Uh 
it feels like they've ran like 95% of the time and every once in a while they throw routes, which for some reason the only routes they'll throw is where the guy is at the very, 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 very back of the end zone. That's like the one thing. But offensively, I don't know how on target it is, but it was a good – I was watching the game with a lot of people who aren't like, you know, big Husky fans don't watch every game very closely. Now, watch. These Husky players, they get the ball. They will never make anyone miss, and they'll never break a tackle. And then everyone sitting there is like, God damn. I'm, like, they literally cannot make a guy miss or break a tackle. And then there was like a play where Culp – I think Culp got tackled at, like, the one or something. And, like, a, a girl I was with, like, who's never watched football, I was like, how did that guy not score there? How, how do you not score? <laughs> it, was like, it was like there was one defender who was, like, totally caught off guard. Culp was in stride, and the field was wide open. And he, like, ran to the defender and, he, and then, like, didn't, like, got tackled. I was like, how do you not score? And he outweighed him by about 40 pounds, if I remember <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't get through the guy enough to get into the end zone. And then, you know, usually you're like, okay, whatever, you're on the one-yard line. But with the fucking Huskies offense, you're like, well, shit, that means nothing. That, that, it means, yeah. if anything, they're, I mean, I don't think time mattered at that point, but they're going to run four minutes off the clock even if they do score. I don't know. And one of you, I don't remember who, but a few minutes ago mentioned Talapapa, and it's like, I'm looking at, uh, you know, the ESPN thing here, 12 carries, 51 yards, and a touchdown. And it really should have been about 12 carries, 75 yards, and a touchdown, frankly. Um, right. Multiple multiple times, it's like you see where he's supposed – a capable running back would have the vision to see where he needs to cut, and he goes the opposite way. And, um, and then he's got, like, Velcro on his jersey, and then – I, he's not he's serviceable. Somebody on the boards called him great a week or two ago and I corrected that. I said, <laughs> Not great. You know, good, serviceable. He's not great, you know, and, and we we got him for a reason and he's a team captain for God's sake. So <laughs> you know <laughs> you know, it's like um and then, you know, my thoughts were halfway through the game yesterday kind of turning a little bit to recruiting, and I don't follow recruiting as super closely as everybody knows. I know that we made some strides, but we were getting some three-star guys, and some people were really hyping that up. And maybe even one or two of you, I think, maybe got overly excited, and we can obviously agree to disagree. But it's like, do we have enough that we can, you know, build something or – are we going to tread water and then, you know, and, and then again, back to the coaches, are we, is DeBoer going to make the necessary changes and have the uh, uh, connections uh, and, and salesmanship to be able to bring in more people that can uh, make a difference? And I don't know the answer to that. So, Well, I think a really good immediate thought of that is the transfer portal. Uh, Cause I don't yes. think they're recruiting. I don't think they're recruiting on a level to build much anything unless, you know, if their team and coaching was way better than everybody else, then sure, yeah, they could probably be fine with the talent to bring it in. But the transfer four was a great example. I mean, they're going against ASU, who has a Wyoming transfer running back, who is really good. Oregon, I think, has guys from Minnesota and, like, a Western Kentucky guy who are both better than Kalapapa. And who do the Huskies bring in? Like a fifth-year senior from Virginia who's never really done much. And then a guy who's never played in Nebraska. I mean, it's like, again, that's like a red flag of like that. Those were the guys able to bring in. I mean, USC took, took Oregon's money back. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, USC took, uh, you know, 
Oregon's running back, even though they hated him for some reason, and then uh, they took Stanford's running back. Um, so they added – the Huskies didn't really add much, and they're going to need to if they're not going to recruit that well. Uh, yeah. I mean, overall, the team also just felt like – it feels a lot like the 2003 Huskies where they could pass. They would, like, pick it, and they had Reggie Williams, and they could pass and all. And they could absolutely not – they couldn't really run the ball. And the defense was bad. <laughs> And they could beat people in shootouts, but not really. They weren't like they weren't like a team that like a Big Twelve team where you're like, oh yeah, we'll just win fifty six to forty nine. Who cares? No, it's like <laughs> they're gonna win thirty eight to thirty five, and that's not really that's not really sustainable if that's all you are in the passing offense. You have to be able to put up fifty if you need to, and they they can't. And I and I see when the when the camera and again people could criticize this if they want because it's quite speculative on my part, but when the camera like zooms in on Penix in the in the middle of the game the last couple of weeks and even even a little bit in the Stanford game, but especially the last two weeks, and I see I don't see fear but I see doubt. I don't see a guy that's in command, and I'm surprised by that. Um, you know based on what we saw in the first four games and, you know, and then, you know, uh, if you want to accuse me of being a little bit of a dude there, uh, sure. But um, I had all these concerns about the offensive line and then aspects of the defense, but I thought going all the way back to January that I've had nothing but, you know, a positive excitement and enthusiasm for Penix. And then I, I'm just surprised that it just didn't take a lot to knock him off is uh, a game, you know. I'm not. I'm not too down on the. I'm not too down on the offense. It, it, I mean, there's things that frustrate me, you know. But you you put up 38 points on the road. It's, you should be able to win those games. I mean, they've they've averaged 35 points the last two games on the road. They, if, if I'm the, not saying the offense the defense is a very had a pulse. No, I, I no, I I understand. It's it's frustrating. Okay. I, I'm a, yeah, I'm agreeing. It, it the offense has been frustrating at times, but then then you look at the yeah, I mean, some of it was like you know desperation points. It wasn't garbage time points. So I, I don't know. It's like I, I want to like talk myself off the ledge on the on the offense. Like, <laughs> okay, it, we averaged 35 points in the two losses, and they're both on the road. You know we should we should be putting more on the defense, which I'm I, I mean we are we're putting more on the defense. The thing about the thing about the transfer portal, uh, you know, like I'm all for it, but you're gonna have to you're gonna have to play dirty. You know, if you if if you're not playing dirty, then you're getting guys like you're getting guys that other teams don't want. Nixon. You're going to get, yeah, you're going to get a Nixon, a Talapapa, uh, Service you know, Cam Bright, Cam Bright, yeah, just guys. They're, they're just guys. <clears throat> I, Cam Bright, Cam Bright is, is just a guy right now to me. You know, you mm-hmm. know, Bruner had that, uh, Bruner had that, that five yard tackle for loss, you know, in the fourth quarter that, you know, eventually Arizona state punted. You know, on that possession, and I'm like, you know, I'm like, I, I, I can, re- I'll, I'll probably me- remember that play. I, I can't remember a, like a, a huge play Cam Bright made. You know that, 
that you were like, you know, I thought he, oh, good, you know, all right, you know, big play there. Yeah, I thought he'd be more of a presence this year. Well, they named him a captain too. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry, that's you know, what I meant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's like, I don't know, that it's just this weird, uh, weird deal where there, there's guys who are gamers that come up with some big plays. They just, for some reason, they get they get buried on the on the bench. You know, I I don't know, like. For whatever reason, uh, Caesar Rayford like comes to mind, where it's like he never played, but they throw him in one play, he he block a field goal. <laughs> you know, it's like extra point against like, Fresno, yeah, yeah, the extra point against Fresno. You know, or like there there was like there was like a big sack one time he made, and it was like, how is this guy not playing? He's like six seven, two hundred eighty pounds. You know, you know, a physical specimen. You know, and. And, uh, Ends up with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, yeah, yeah, he carves out a decent career, you know. And, uh, oh, he might have been in your uh, cheap cheap plug, but he, he might have been in your book. Maybe I remember this this quote from your book, right, where, where it was like he was just begging, like, just put me, you know, I, I, I can make a play here or something, you know, and, you know, and then he blocks that extra point or whatever. I, I don't know. Oh, it's, yeah. Because it seems like Bruner, I, when Hart- Bruner, Bruner makes a big play. You know, he's he's got this uh, he's got this playmaking ability, which is the defense completely lacks playmakers right now. Yeah, you don't see a uh, Azim Victor in his prime or whatever out there. It's just like he wants to kill somebody, and uh, and it's radiating off him, and it's spreading to his teammates. And we just don't we just have a bunch of milk toast guys out there going through the motions, and it's. Uh, and they don't well, look yeah, well coached. Yeah, and, and like the area, I, I used to think the area wasn't like. I don't think he was that great. You know, Keyshawn the area. I but, liked him. Yeah. Yeah, I I liked him, and well, he's better than what we have. You know, what we have right now. But you, you know, there was something to be said about how many fumble recoveries. You know, there's there's just something you can't. There's just something you can't put on paper and teach. You know that. There's just a guy who's always around the ball, like it's it's luck or divine intervention or something. But you know that guy, he Anthony like, Montour. <laughs> yeah, Anthony Montour. He, like, didn't Bieria? Didn't Bieria have like almost a fumble recovery every single game? Like, basically, he averaged a fumble recovery every game in like in like 2017 or something. I mean. I know. You I have know to you have mean. a guy like that on the field. You have to have a guy like that on the field all the time. It seems like, you know, it seems like Bruner is is one of those guys. You know, like he uh, did. He have a touchdown against Oregon last year, or was it just he returned it? He, he got it down to like the five or something. He almost, I think, I think their quarterback got him. I think he almost got, it. but he made play. I mean. uh, yeah, uh, not to not to shit on your point, but Cam Price, uh he has one play against Stanford. He got a really a pretty really good interception early in the game. When quietly, if you remember that game, Stanford's driving right down the field early in the game, and he kind of probably saved them from giving up a touchdown. But other than that, I think with 
what they're going to be able to get and what they show they get in the transfer portal, it would be fine. And what you'll, you will mostly get in the team is guys who are nice ads. If you have talent, other places, like that's why I'll never, I'll never stop being upset about 2019 because all they needed to do was get a, was get a cam bright and uh, like a, a David <laughs> Mole or Chris Mole. And that team, you know, wins the Pac-12, but they just wouldn't fucking do it. Like, if you have a good team with, you know, leadership and talent, and then you just need a couple guys to not be bad at spots, like, that's what it's for, really. And that's what a guy like Bright and, you know, if you needed a third running back, like Talapapa would be good for. But you can't build your team around. And it kind of gives me – I don't – not thinking about it, I don't know if I like the vibes of – all the captains being these transfer guys. Cause like, I remember they put so much into that Radley Hiles guy last year. He got like so much hype. Uh, he was like the new leader and all this stuff like that. And he seemed to kind of like, if you watched videos for the team or you just kind of watched them, they seemed to like really put him ahead as like some leadership guy. But then he's like, he transferred here and then he wasn't fucking very good. So <laughs> like, I don't love making the cap, all the captains transfers, uh, it just sends kind of a weird message, too. Well, we got three transfer guys that are captains this year, which obviously makes sense why we expanded to six captains this year so the team wouldn't be going, why are, why are the captains only the captains new guys? Only the new guys. But, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I kind of wonder about the, the psychology of bringing in a bunch of, you know, transfers that – uh you know, if you get a little too carried away, like, you know, they they don't – they won't have, like, quite the same amount of passion for the program, you know, coming in, like, right away. You know, you've got players who've been here for two or three years and, you know, love the program. You know, they were, like, basically, you know, their lack of a better term in today's day and age, they were – they were groomed to love the program. <laughs> uh, they were now we're groomed. Yeah, they were groomed at an early age. They were groomed at an early age to love the program. So, but then you bring in a twenty or twenty-one year old guy who, uh, you know, loved loved the University of Pittsburgh, but just kind of saw his playing time dwindle and, and he just basically said, Oh, you know, I can go play. I can get some playing time here. And then he cut, you know, then he comes to Washington. I, I, I don't know if this, this is Cam Bright's mentality, but you know, it's like he, he comes in and when he the going gets tough, in Seattle. <laughs> right. When, when, when the going, when the going gets tough, like, does he care enough about the, like, to, you know, mm, yeah. put a fire under his ass? Does he care enough about the program? That That's what I worry about. Like, look at Michigan State, you know, Mel Tucker was like, oh, we'll bring in all these transfers. Like, how's that, how's that going for him? Not too well, you know? Yeah, I think. Well, that was, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I think the, it's a good point about, I mean, it's a lot of a difference between a good and an average team. I mean, they, I think they did seem like they were all, you know, hyped up and everything was great, I think, after Michigan State and Stanford, but then they found out pretty quickly against UCLA 
that it's going to be a lot harder than that. And I don't know if the staff and the team is going to be able to recover. That was like a Stark thing. Uh, yeah. You know, we, what you're talking about where they, Oh, they would look great when things were easy and that like they got Boise, uh, Boise state overrated Boise state team. They blew them out and you're like, Oh, they turned the corner. But then the second day, lose to, you know, an above-average team, and then they just never would recover. Uh, and, yeah, sure, they still have the classic Sark. You know, they would get a fucking can of corn game and then win 56-13. to 13. But then the next time they played, you know, they played another decent team, they just did not seem like they could get up the right way for it. So that's going to be interesting because, I mean, they could easily beat Arizona by, like, 20 or something next week, and it still not really mean anything. And I'm a little worried about. Uh, We're not going to be there. Yeah. Well, I mean, part of also my my worry. They're going to get up for us. Yeah, they will. It was also like Arizona State. I think I texted Joey like, it. Uh, it's not a great excuse, but like that was a game where if Arizona State was could easily go one and eleven, or maybe they still play Colorado two and two and ten. But if they won this game, this game. They really needed to win this game if they were going to have any chance of, like, salvaging their season at all. Uh, you know, and they had already cleaned house with Herm, so, like, there was some – they probably feel better. So, it's not a great timing. And then I think my big concern is they have a really mm-hmm. late bye week. They have a late bye week. They, they, and they might be missing some of these tackles and playing sloppy also because they're tired, especially, I'm sure, after they, you know, greased up so hard for Michigan State uh, – and then, you know, then they went and got hammered by UCLA. So I'm a little worried they're going to be tired, especially for these next two weeks. And that's going to be, you know, a, t- a, tough, uh, a tough gauntlet to, to go down, even though it's Arizona than at what could be a pretty average Cal team without a bye week. Well, you know, we're going to take a 7 nothing lead over Arizona, and the players are going to be, you know, dancing around and stuff. And then, and then Arizona, Arizona will hit. My voice. Do you guys hear my voice coming back? Yeah, you're getting some echo. No. It's really bad. Uh, okay, down. I'll try to talk. Uh, so Huskies will take a 7 nothing lead over Arizona, and then Arizona will make a big play or whatever, and then it will just start to wilt, you know, on yeah. defense anyways. So. Yeah, they need so, some breaks. They need they need Delora to, like, throw a pick six, you know, like an unforced pick six. They're not – they need to – they need to find a way to get a break, but I forgot to mention I was, uh, I just don't know how it's possible. Uh, I was watching some highlights this morning because I didn't really watch as closely as I usually do yesterday. And the first play when the ASU puts in the back backup walk-on quarterback, you're like, all right, like you're going to yep. send the house. You're going <laughs> to send 12 guys. You fucking know they're running the ball. They're not going to put this walk-on quarterback. Uh, and if they do, you know, good on them. Like, uh, hats off, good, good, gutsy play call. They fucking ran the ball like off tackle, like almost uncontested for a fucking like 15 yard mm-hmm. touchdown. Here, it's like, how is that? Everyone who's watching the game was like, how is that possible? You knew, you yep. knew they were running. Like, how are you not just your whole team is just like keying on that? Like, and then the rest of the game, I mean, the same thing. They couldn't stop either, but you're also like, they're not. How are they like not sell, selling out against this guy? How are they not sending blitzers and stuff like that? So. I don't know. I just I uh, I'm rambling, but I don't know if I also love the like six man front thing. You know, it, it feels like you're like if they blitz one guy, their entire linebacker core is gone, and you know they're 
uh, they have basically five DBs, and they're still not covering anybody. So I don't know. Might as well put another guy up in the box, I guess, and be good at something. Absolutely. And and it was a mystery to me as well. A couple of uh, headlines here of things that have happened today in college football that you can connect the dots with what we're talking about here with Washington. Uh, Rutgers dismisses their offensive coordinator, Sean Gleason, after the loss yesterday. And then Indiana fires its O-line coach after the loss yesterday. They played Friday. Rutgers played Nebraska on Friday and lost by one point, I think. Okay, well. At home, too. My my point stands, though. Right, right, right. uh, You know, I don't. We just don't know what DeBoer's thinking, or what he's capable of, or what he's going to do, and whether he wants to make a move like that in midseason or whatever, and whether Jen Cohen would frown on it, and how much influence she has over him. Those are unknowns, you know. Other than what you know that we're not going to play. Well, you know that we're not going to play dirty in NIL. The other one was Indiana fired their offensive line coach after a loss. Yeah, so I mean, people have, that are have, uh, Rutgers have and Indiana are firing guys. Doing that? But what Have I'm you saying ever heard is of Rutgers the Huskies and, doing that? I, I know. No, what a, what a Rutgers in Indiana. This isn't Ohio yeah. State in Texas. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. Put, you got to put, put your – the boner's got to put his big boy pants on and do something quickly. He's, you know, he's got to take uh, play calling duties away um, – away from somebody for, you know, for the time being. Or or he's going to can one, one, one of the two guys. He's going he's gonna to have to do something. He can't ride out the year no. with this amount of, of undisciplined confusion uh, on the defense. He cannot ride out the year like this. We'll lose every single game, well, except for Colorado. We'll lose morale. We'll hurt. It'll hurt in recruiting. Um, yes. Yes. You know, I mean, he can I already Washington. Can do already, it. Yeah. Go ahead. I don't see Washington doing it, but I guess what would be you'd keep an eye on the next two weeks because then they have the bye week if they were going to fire someone or at least just make a, a big can, a public tanger in any way. I mean, that's probably how it's going to go down. Uh, you know, they're playing Arizona, who. Uh, and two teams that don't have spectacular offenses, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, if they have another just abomination game, you'd, I think that bye week is when you'd be looking at when that's going to happen. But I, even, I don't see the University of Washington as an athletic department or college football program doing that kind of move. I think they may be at the end of the season, uh, you know, firing, moving on from them. But they, I can't remember if I said it in the boards or in our text group. I mean, they – it's pretty clear they got their chance. They got to try to do this, but they got to try harder. They got to do the Sark thing, and whether I think that was 2013 or 12 when they went out and spent a bunch of money to get Wilcox uh, and some better assistance on defense because it was clear Nick Holt wants to cover it, cover, cutting it, and Sark was not a defensive enough guy to do that. It's already clear they have to do that. They have to find a way to get some money to make a hire a real defensive coordinator and probably better assistance. That's, uh, that's just, I think that's be-all, end-all things now. So maybe Jen could go to that Nordstrom female family member <laughs> that wrote the check for $10 million to buy out Jimmy Lake 
and she said, hey, how about a little money for some defense to help? Yeah. Jen? Jen, do you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> well, remember that was the deal when, uh, because they were going to give like seven to Campbell, uh, our guy of that stature, and they only gave, I think, what is it, four four to DeBoer? And they're, they're like, oh, I, I don't know if it was speculation or did they actually say it? They're like, well, now we got $3 million to spend on, like, you know, a legit defensive coordinator. Then they just brought in, you know, the guys who were already at fucking Fresno State and who weren't, who weren't particularly great at Fresno State either. So uh, I don't have that much faith in them being able to do that because it's expensive as fuck now to get real defensive coordinator, get real coordinators. And I wouldn't True be surprised enough. if last, last year, I wouldn't be shocked if maybe the board didn't want to take those fucking guys, but they went out there and, you know, they talked to someone who who was like a Wilcox in 2012. And he's like, yeah, I'll, I'll work, work for you, but you got to pay me a million and a half dollars a year, if not more. And then he went back to Jen and Jen is like, well, we can't do that. I mean, so... Jen, who has said that multiple times that money is not a concern, she said I that. I think it is. Well, maybe well, it's of not a concern, it is. but yeah. maybe it's she not can't, like She can't concern. just write a check, get who she wants, but she yeah, acts like very... she can with her public comments. And, and I'm not they, saying she should be just saying how weak we are on that department, but you don't – there's a way you couch things, you know? And, yeah, uh, they – yeah. You, Money's no concern, you know. It was almost defiant the way that I uh, took it, and and it, of course it was, you know. And of course it is. So, uh, and by the way, uh, you know, and I am someone who wanted Campbell. Campbell's three and three, and zero oh and three in the Big Twelve right now. So, <laughs> uh, see, see yeah. the uh, okay. So last year, last year they had. Fresno State, uh, he had just one play caller. You know, it was just William Inge was the one play caller. And Chuck Morrell just coached safeties. So then he yeah. brings them both up here. He brings them both up here and makes them both uh, co-defensive coordinators, you know. And it, it makes you wonder, like, did he want Morrell to come up here so bad? He gave him the he gave him the title of play caller and co DC because you know they it, maybe he thought like he would still he would stay on with uh, um he would stay on with Fresno State or something. I I mean because Fresno State has you know a pass game coordinator and a run game coordinator. But I, I don't know if there's, I don't know if there's two different play callers or one play caller or whatever, but you know, it's not like that. At, it's not like that at Washington. They don't, they don't have a, you know, a, uh, Oh, it says here, it says, Oh, JD Williams was the defensive pass game coordinator last season. At Fresno uh, State, but not nothing about Morell. So just hmm. I don't, I don't know. Does he? I I understand that's that's a way to pay your assistants more. Is you just attach another name, you know, if, right. you know, assistant assistant to the general manager, regional <laughs> manager, you know, yeah, type of thing. <laughs> uh, but it, it's so he had no. 
he had no uh, prior experience calling plays at, at the Division One level um, before coming here. So maybe maybe and it it looks like when Inge is walking on the sideline, he's not he's not really like he doesn't have a sheet or a chart in front of him or anything. He's just kind of walking on the sideline like pep talking guys. You know, uh, I, I I don't know. So I, I don't I don't know. I I don't know what the what the co defensive coordinator titles are all about. If you know, one guy's just sitting up in the crow's nest and calling the plays, and the other guy's not really doing anything. I don't know the answer to that. Dylan Morris, one of one for 13 yards. <laughs> hey, he looks good. He, uh, <laughs> he looks hey, good. or Bor- Bor- Borgo or whatever his name is. Uh, yeah. His stat line, <laughs> his, his stat line is not, it's not crazy. It's not, it's not as bad as you would think. It was, uh, but it was Pretty just, bad. Uh, it, it was just, uh, you know, the third, you know, it was just a big third downs. I think they were nine of 13 or something like, yeah, nine of 13 on third downs. And Washington was seven for 14 and one for four on fourth downs. Ugh. It's so deflating when the other team is third and fourteen, and you know they're going to get it. <laughs> well, it just it just goes back to something my dad my dad always uh, complains about the Seahawks. He says he says all this other team has to do is take a knee, take a knee, and convert third and ten. <laughs> <laughs> so so that's one of our jokes. Is you know. It's, Hey, you want to you want to limit the amount of you know head collisions in football? <laughs> just just play the the Husky or Seahawks defense. <laughs> Take two knees and convert on third and ten. <laughs> I mean, I don't have the I don't have the historical data in front of me, but yeah, it just feels like for so many years that specific thing has just been the Huskies. I mean, it's just the yep. third and long. Going back to last. Yeah, not even third, not even just third down, like third and long. <laughs> like third yes. and six and third and seven and third and ten over and over and over and over. It's just so painful. Uh, and, yeah, especially, I mean, I when the backup came in, I can't remember, was it Braxton Burmeister? I mean, that Husky defense in 2017 was obviously better than this one, but, I mean, you kind of hope is like, oh, they're going to throw out some guy who's just so bad and unprepared that, uh, the, they don't really have much of a shot unless they can just run the ball. And that, then the fact that how his numbers weren't amazing, but he was just efficient, which always seems to kill the Huskies. I mean, they never get beat by some guy who throws like, you know, who goes like 12, 12 for 20, 20, but he, he throws like four touchdowns. It's always like 19 for 23, like just so efficient. Cause it's like, he just, yeah, as opposed to a Vernon team. Adams. Yeah. Like the Vernon Adams. Yeah. That's a great comparison. Yeah, they're not getting, like, ever beat by those guys, it ever feels like. It's always, like, a 21-for-25 situation for 198 yards. But the guy just did not miss a pass, and he didn't get fucking sacked all game. So it's uh, it's painful. I mean, I think we're – it's a lot of different ways to explain pain. But uh, I would be shocked if there's any way 
that this defensive staff is is salvageable by the end of this season. I I, I think it's pretty clear. I would be totally shocked if they turned around in any sort of way. Yeah, well, I mean, look you know, how we were long pull- Sark, Sark let it ride out for. You know, with whole three years and then a then a, a disastrous Alamo Bowl. You know. I mean, yeah. uh, I don't know if Woodward had some sort of come to Jesus meeting with them at that point, and and you know you got to make a move or we we can't continue like this. But I and I don't know that I'm just speculating. But well, if it's if it's true that there's there's some serious confusion and the play calls aren't getting in you know correctly or or you know very timely, um, then you know players have to players have to step up and man up and not, not, uh, not cry on the cry on the cry in the locker room. They, you know, step up and do what, you know, do what us normal folks have to do. And they have to go to their employer and file grievances with supervisors and, and say, look, he, here's what's happening. Here's why, uh, here's why we're, we're failing as a company right now. You know, it, th- this is why. And if it doesn't get corrected, we're 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 all we're all leaving. Something, you know, there's a mutiny going. You know, going to happen. You know, we care about this place, and we we're here to fix it. But this is what's happening right now, and this has to get done for us to get better. Yep. Well, should we uh, should we address some questions? Yeah. Shoot. Um, it's not. I don't feel like we're running out of steam or anything. Uh, but at the same time, we've kind of said all that there is to be said. I think. Um, yeah. So there's not. I I was late in putting this thing out, so there's not that many questions on here. But okay. First of all, Grundle Stiltskin, can you discuss how I was first and right on the crash in Dutchman? Uh, yes. You were you were saying it, and you were correct. Um, some people need validation, so what can you say? Uh, Purple Bays, are we surprised that we lost to ASU? He's got three questions here, so four questions here. So first of all, both you guys, were you surprised? I figured we had about a 60% chance of losing going in. (laughs) I'm not surprised. I wasn't surprised, uh, no. I mean, also just in general, back-to-back, they did get the extra day. Back-to-back road games, the second half of the road games are really hard to win, especially in the Pac-12 where the road trips are super long. I mean, it's not like you're going from, you know, fucking Madison to Champaign. Yeah, I I, I was not surprised. I thought you know, if I was going to bet, I would have bet them to win, uh, and I think they should have. Uh, you know, they don't get that set. They win. Uh but I was not surprised at all. Same with you, Joey. Yeah, not surprised. And, uh, you know, I, I thought they'd win. I thought they'd finally get the, you know, the monkey off their back and Tempe, but it just, I mean, that that was basically the only way they, they could, they could lose, you know, that game down there. Was yes. Nice kind, of a, yes. kind of a shootout. There was a, there was a pick six. Uh, they. It's the script. 
they went they went for they went for fourth downs and they couldn't convert them and they 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 had a uh, you know they they were playing a wounded animal and they could they just couldn't put it out of their misery so yes yeah, a wound that's, a wounded sun devil is a dangerous you, animal that's right <laughs> don't be talking uh, about no baby. devils we don't be talking about no devils here. <laughs> Basie's second and third questions are about the defensive staff and all this and shitty players, and we, we already kind of addressed that. His fourth, his fourth question, though, is how badly is this team full of shitty players? That is an interesting question, though. I mean, what what is the real talent level here? I think defensively it's horrible. Offensively there's things to work with. Boy, I was actually just thinking uh, when you were talking about the Alamo Bowl team, I was like, fuck. That defense probably had way more talent than this one does. <laughs> just like, like, God damn, that's a fucking yeah. sad realization. And I'm like, that one probably had, like, Danny Shelton, Marcus Peters, Gordon Littleton, uh, Desmond Trufant and stuff. And you're just like, fuck, this defense has – this defense is poorly coached and it doesn't have any du- fucking dudes on it. You're like, oh, shit. I, talent level, I'm only really – the only talent I really feel like is there is I feel like Wednesday at receiver <laughs> – I mean, or a defense. Oh, I, 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 I feel um, like they. Have, I'm sorry. Yeah, defense. I think they're okay at, at some spots, but I don't see a single. Bruner is a playmaker, fine, and he'll be a guy who's probably an All Pac-12 guy next year or the year after. I bet, but yeah, the only places I'm really confident in talent actually. <laughs> Roma Dunze. Uh, I think McMillan's yes. talented, but I don't think McMillan's ever going to put it all together. I think Penix is pretty good if things are going well. I don't think he's a guy who's going to make your team really much better. I think that's what it seems like. And then that is it. I don't see fucking Danny Shelton or uh, Marcus Peters or Shaq Thompson or any of those. They don't have any of those guys. So they better and if we're not coach. able to recruit them, yeah. then dear yeah, God. Not recruiting them. You better be able to coach I, and scheme. The, the, the Pac-12 isn't as good as it was then and but if you're not able to scheme and coach really well, you're going to go fucking six and six every year, like Stark went. And remember, coaching was uh, supposed think, to be the thing that we were going to be able to use to counter the poor to mediocre <laughs> recruiting. That was, we were right, hanging our right. hat on that. Yeah, I think, the case, the, yeah. Uh, I, I think, yeah, I think, uh, I think Thule's, I, I think Thule's a good player. Um, Tule, yeah, that's yeah. He was definitely yeah. one of the guys that was talking about being pretty good. I think Tule's good. I think the uh, I think the um, um, you know the the edge rushers are so you know are so home field. You know, I I don't understand it. I I mean, you if you if you want to dug out and blame blame the grass field, fine, whatever. And, uh, I don't. <laughs> Whatever, but people blaming the elements is just so, you know, the the other teams have to play, you know, half their games on other surfaces too. What I, I don't, I, I don't, I don't get that. But yeah, two, I think I think Tule's a, you know, a, a good player on D. I think yeah, I think Odunzi, uh, the only receiver that um, mm-hmm. I think shows some shows some real like toughness. Yes, uh, you know. So I, I think I think the I think the reason McMillan 
McMillan hasn't done anything the last two weeks, I think it's because, uh, well, he's caught some passes, but he's he he has his big games against uh, teams that don't play him don't play him as physical, you know, and and uh, I think O'Dunsey's the only one that can that can really play physical on those you know one on one balls and stuff. But uh, uh, there's there's a couple linemen like I I, I like the future with Rosengarden, Faltonu's uh, mm-hmm. Faltonu's good. Uh, Kirkland is the, uh, he's doing the, the, uh, Husky curse of regressing over his five years. Um, you know, I, I've never been a fan of Luciano, but, uh, I, I don't know. This, again, you put up 38 points on the, uh, you put up 38 points, but you know, some of the, you know the, the the offense it should have been should have been just fine and you know the defense just has no just has no playmakers and ga- and game wreckers you know it, Braylon Trice should be a game wrecker on the road too not mm. just against you know not just at home he should, he should be a game wrecker on the road. Well, I will. <laughs> I will stand by my really un, unhappy statement of, you know, going into UCLA where I'm like, there's a good chance that the best team this team has played is Kent State, and that's why they look so good. And, and that's been true. I mean, Michigan State is an abomination. Uh, Stanford is might – I don't know if they play Colorado, but they might not win a win – uh, they might only win one game if they uh, if they don't play Colorado and – yeah, it might uh, beat Cal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they'll probably beat like Notre Dame and BYU and Cal. Are, are, I mean, they should have beat the Beef, but yeah, I mean, they played really bad teams, and I think those turns out those edge rushers aren't that good, uh, and they're kind of bulky. I don't know. I uh, I kind of wish they had more of let had at least one like uh, Feeney type or like uh, they, they look kind of like shorter, bulky shorter bulky edge players and but then they're also not that good against the run so i, I don't know uh i kind of wish they had a guy who was a little longer perfect example like a caesar rayford like a longer quicker guy who uh can get around immediately and they they the edge players and that's a big problem they just don't seem to have that or anyone who can blitz and maybe I put too much uh, enthusiasm and faith in him, but I'm a little bit disappointed in Martin. I thought he'd be a bit more of a presence. I thought, yeah, after the first four games, I thought he was going to be a guy. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, he looks more like the guy who didn't really do anything at Texas A&M and then ended up at Washington last year and didn't really do anything. So he's kind of just a big, shorter, bulky guy. doesn't look particularly like – like a super great athlete, I don't know. He just just doesn't really or motivated defen- even. Yeah, none of the defensive guys really seem to be really good at any one thing. <laughs> like, uh, like Smalls, even. Yeah, I'm they, sorry to I say. Mean, yeah, they seem to have a I lot of guys. I remember him just, playing yeah. yesterday. I don't. But I didn't. I didn't see him. I saw Tristan Dunn get a rep, at least one rep, which was pretty startling. Uh, yeah, <laughs> which I think they're just. I think they're in the spitball mode now too, where they're just like, "Well, we're gonna, mm-hmm. we're gonna see throw what 
throw some stuff out guys out there and see if that they can do anything. Kind of like they did with Bruner last year where it was like, oh, turns out we have a player here. Uh, yeah. That's a good, uh, good call there. I yeah, think we got uh, Elijah Jackson too. Yeah, I think he got hurt. What? Yeah. So Law Dog One wants to know. Um, he wants to know if the rumored upper deck glory hole is better than the zone, <laughs> and does it close before the fourth quarter? I, I don't know that. Uh, I haven't been to Husky Stadium since uh, September of 2019, the Cal game. Well, I'll so, let you know uh, on Saturday. Okay. <laughs> we we'll look forward to your report. Uh, Purple Bays has. Uh, What's the what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, he's tagged. He's tagged about half the uh, registered users on Hardcore Husky. So I don't. Of shout out. <laughs> <laughs> I have a uh, I don't know with, if that's uh, what he's wants or. <laughs> I, I have a shout out. Atomic Dog with his Mac Davis uh, avatar. <laughs> 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 Makes me laugh. Uh, you know, sometime maybe in the off season we should in the off season we should do a, a podcast just on avatars and then give out a give out a, a pilsner glass or something to to whoever the winner is or whatever. Uh, yellow snow, best toilet seat, less than five hundred dollars. Uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> don't know. But my voice is coming back at me again. It's really irritating. Um. So let's see here, Fender Bender. For a, if you're paying $500 for a toilet seat, you're, you're getting scammed. <laughs> yeah, who who used the toilet seat, though? That's a question. Maybe yeah. it's signed by Russell Wilson or something. I don't know. You ever thought about that? Yeah, ne- ne- never get the padded seat. Not a, <laughs> not a, big, not a big fan. Not, not a, a big fan. fan. Don't get the padded seat. Just sit on the hard, just sit on the hard, hard porcelain and, and deal with it. Be a tough guy. Uh, Fender Bender one two three has posted some clip from the Love Toilet from Saturday Night Live, which I haven't watched. And uh, that's uh, it in terms of the questions. It's pretty hard hitting stuff. <laughs> well, I haven't I haven't seen that in like twenty years. That, that was a funny <laughs> funny bit. I don't even uh, remember it. So, well, guys, Arizona. Um, Huskies take an early lead and end up losing. That's what I'm thinking. Um, hey, I got a any, any, uh Sure. Okay, so um, God forbid Arizona pulls off the pulls off the win. What happens if uh, if that um, little dipshit Jaden Delora? Uh, plants the Arizona flag in, on midfield. Well, it's going to be you like know, has, going all the way back to uh, when Manas Hopoi tried to go after the Cougar that did that in 05, and then Willingham publicly apologized to the Cougars, and, and Manas was punished. And I talked to Manas later, and he was very pissed off about it. So I don't blame him. So what do you think? The, you think the players actually do something if it happens again? Because he's got to do it again. If if they win the game, he's going to do it again. You know. Well, 
I mean, I don't know. You know, uh, my my uh, I won't say his name, but I have an uncle that years ago he got a divorce, and uh, I asked him what happened, and he said that his wife would like get in his face like two inches away and just scream at him. And so uh, I asked him why he moved out, and he said, because if I stayed there like that, I would end up hitting her, and then I end up going to jail. So that's, you know, I don't think right. any husky is going to uh, do anything. So, yep. How's that for an example? Yeah, or, yeah. I mean, if I were the if I were the coach or whatever, you know, I'd say, uh, hey, if if you're going to lose the fucking game on your home field, you deserve anything the other player does. So, kind of on you. You know, you're going to get the trouble. Was it the urinate on our logo? Yeah. There's another hypothetical. Well, he's probably. I'm assuming he's going to have a big hog if he's going to if he's going to whip it out and do it in front of everybody. So, <laughs> <laughs> so if, he, if he's if he's not very well, Seattle, please look the other way. If he's not very well, if he's not very well endowed, then that's kind of a punishment on on him, right? But we're in Seattle. Wouldn't that kind of thing be celebrated right now? Yeah, public urination. Uh, yeah, at a sports venue. Yeah. I mean, uh, hope, hopefully they have something for, Yeah. Hopefully they What's have that? something for. Uh, I said mellow dog downvote incoming. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he loves those. So, all right, Sorry, well, Willie. I think that's probably about it for now, right? <laughs> I cut you off. Yeah. Oh, what did you yeah, say, well. Willie? Oh, no, I was just going to say, I was talking about in the board recently about, uh, it just feels like as a program, uh, uh, Washington never, like, comes back for receipts. Like, it just seems like for, like, 28 now, it's been all these teams and players and programs talk shit and, you know, embarrass them. And then they never come back with that win when they, they get back at them. So I don't expect them to do anything to fucking Delora. He's going to go, like, 22 of 27 for 201 yards, <laughs> and they're going to win. So, yeah, it's not <laughs> – what you'd expect is that they would go out of their way to, you know – at least get some hits on him or beat him, but they're just going to act like nothing happened. Yeah. Yeah. So I talk shit for, for the first five minutes of the game. And then yeah. Delora will make one scramble for 13 yards on a, on a, <laughs> a, third, on a third and 11. Yeah. And a third, third and 12 and the, and the game's over. Essentially. It's, yeah. It's done. <laughs> Yeah, I'll conclude with just a really weird story that it just popped into my head a few minutes ago, but it was 2001. It was either late October or early November. I think it was late October. And the Huskies were playing in Tempe. And was it, am I thinking the right year? Yes, I think I am. Yes. It was 2001. It was like late October. And uh, so I was, uh, I was living in Edmonds. Uh, I had a there was an Indian uh, girl on my lap named Asha, and then as John Anderson was lining up for the field goal that was going to win the game with two seconds left, and I started rubbing her thigh, and she goes, "What are you doing?" I said, "This is for good luck," and then his kick went through, and then she said, "You need my thigh for uh, for the Huskies to beat Arizona State," and I said, "Absolutely," and then we haven't won there since. So. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so there's yeah, a weird that, story for you. That 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 How sums do you up reverse everything. It? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so on that fine note, uh, I guess we'll talk after next week's lost Arizona and discuss <laughs> uh, the future for this four and three team. All right, love it. So yeah, all right, good. talk to you guys soon. Bye. All right. Hey, hey, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Hardcore Husky Podcast. This show is copyrighted material. In other words, stop plagiarizing our shit, fuckos. So please tell a friend and rate us five stars on iTunes, especially you cheap bastards who don't donate. It's the least you could do. Yeah, I'm looking at you, creepy coog. And come join our fun at over at hardcorehusky.com. We've got Husky Football, Yellow Snow's Record Shop, and our notorious Tug Tavern, which is which is a shit show of politics and strange news. And if you enjoy yourself and are ready for the next level, level of cyber peyote. peyote, come join Swain's Wigwarm. <laughs> I'm going to have to read this over. Swain's Wigwam, yeah. Swain's Wigwam at Navajo Nation's gift to college football. It's also the official private club of hardcore Huskies. We're talking boobs, guns, and inside information, all for the low, low fee of $129 a year. Come join the fun. <laughs> I'll have to read that one, but...